Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Today, we're talking about don't let anyone confuse your kids. This was requested by many listeners and has to do with the topic we actually talk about often in the app in the Parenting Mentor Program. That's right. And today, I think you would agree that confusion is definitely something that seems to be around every corner, lurking around every corner, if you will, Um, as well as deception. Those two things are not to be confused, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But before we we dive in, Isaac and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here on the podcast, and for those of you who have been following for a long time, we just really Mm -hmm. appreciate you. We are thankful for the ratings on iTunes. Do you know what? We are like five ratings away from 2,000 ratings. The ministry's the got a good rating there, so we're so appreciative yep, yep. of that. So thankful for you guys. Um, but every every comment, every message that you guys send really means a lot to Isaac and I. It keeps, I know it keeps me motivated yeah. for sure. I'm one of those people that I like to connect more um, personally with you guys. And so whenever I get a message, it really means a lot. Yeah, so so good. And a lot of good things about to happen. So uh, keep your ears peeled as coffee is launching soon. If you want to be on the launch team, you might get some notifications about that. Mm-hmm. We would love the help with that. Um, and there's going to be a video out soon, which really talks about the whole ministry. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that on social mm-hmm. media and stuff. It's just a really exciting time for the ministry and a lot of good change that it allows a bigger impact. You might be asking, well, how does coffee allow a bigger impact? Well, you'll have to see the video, but um, we're really excited about it. And there's going to be a new website at some point where it's the hub for the whole ministry. Because right now, right, you go to CourageousParenting.com. And if you want Angie's blog, you go to Courageous Mom. And the guys, if you want to, you know, check out the shop at ResoluteMan.com. <laughs> right. <laughs> we yeah. have a lot of dot coms is what Isaac and then is there's, saying. Then so. there's the app in the app store. But, you know, sometimes people might... Now, how do I get to that? So just really, yeah. the you know, bringing clarity to all that. So, hey, we're going to dive in. Um, confusion. You know, don't let anyone confuse your kids. I think everybody agrees with that. Why mm-hmm. would anybody want their kids to be confused? However, this is a really difficult problem in today's world mm-hmm. as, um, you know, we're in a post-Christian nation as far as the United States is concerned. And those of you all around the world have probably been post-Christian for a long time uh, or never. And so in, in, so it's a really an interesting time. It's a time where these woke beliefs are harmful and confusing. There's a lot of confusion that can happen about mm-hmm. lifestyle, about worldly beliefs, yes. even from Christians, Christian nominalism that even seeps into many churches. Now, we love the Bride of Christ, so we're not disparaging the Bride of Christ at all, but we do have to deal in reality that there is a nominalism that has seeped in sometimes for the sake of loving 
others. And really, right. love doesn't have to be that way. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, that confusion tries to, um, well, confusion doesn't try to sneak in everywhere. The enemy tries to deceive people. Um, and I think we would all agree there is a massive attack on our children these days, um, as much as there is on adults. But Children are, we all know that children are the future um, in the sense of leadership, of who the future citizens are going to be, um, of decision making for the earth, all of these things. And the enemy knows that he is on a timeline and it seems like the attack on children has definitely sped up, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's been a much more... um, at least exposed effort. I think a lot of us are able to see more of what's going on um, regarding children's education, media, movie. Mm-hmm. And when I say media, I'm t- not talking about social media, although that definitely, if you have teenagers that are on social media, there's an attack avenue right there. Another attack avenue would be movies, books that are in the library, books that kids are being assigned mm-hmm. to read in school. Um, aside from parental peer pressure that parents have to allow their children to participate in video games or social media or watching certain movies, Um, children are also exposed to a massive quantity of different kinds of peer pressure. When you and I were kids, the peer pressure that we had to be prepared to say no, do you remember the, the just say no um, verbiage that was being taught Nancy in Reagan. schools. That's right. I mean, that was that was a huge thing. Just say no to drugs. Just say no to sex. That was something that was taught to our generation when we were in the public education system. Nowadays, that is definitely not being taught. In fact, there's a different agenda that is being taught, which is how can you know that you're a certain way unless you try it? And there's descriptions of how to do certain things being taught to children There's um, teachers using their influence and their position and sharing from their own personal convictions and lifestyle choices, trying to influence other kids to be like them. It's really Um, an orchestrated effort, an orchestrated agenda that we all know about, So, um, which is really difficult. And the enemy is the author of deception. But the good news is God is the author of truth. There is Mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we believe that and we believe in the Bible and so forth. So then as parents, the most important job as parents is to love our kids well and point them to Jesus, right? That's the most, if you get really down to it, Uh okay, and equip them to share the gospel in the future. So that's the most important thing. So then what is a parent's job? The parent's job is to make sure there isn't confusion right to make sure there is truth instilled mm-hmm. in their minds and understanding of godly principles and part of, there's many different ways that you can do that right like i think of little kids a parent's job is more to protect them from confusion so that they're not even necessarily exposed to confusing or conflicting um agendas or lifestyles or different things like that. There is an element of protecting that we as parents are called to do. It is our jurisdiction. It's our duty as parents, right? Biblically. But then there's also this element of 
as your kids are getting older, mm-hmm. equipping them with so much truth and teaching them that it is right to discern, that they do need to judge, especially within the church when it comes to who they make friends with, who they listen to, who they allow to influence them. We talk about all this stuff in many different podcasts, more in depth in the Parenting Mentor Program, but there's this element of equipping. So there's yeah. protecting and there's equipping. And those are two of the main ways that you can be truly engaged in this battle, if you will, because I do believe this is a spiritual battle, to fight against confusion and to fight against the enemy's plots and schemes to try to deceive your children. Remember, confusion, just a little bit of confusion leads to a little bit of doubt and a little bit of doubt breathes life into more doubt. And pretty soon it can mm-hmm. sway a whole paradigm of how a human being looks at the world. And we want to look through a biblical paradigm and the enemy is mm-hmm. constantly trying to whittle away and help anybody, the mm-hmm. enemy can, to look through a worldly self-seeking, mm-hmm. self-glorifying paradigm. So, you know, we want to start off, we're going to go over a few different scriptures here with you guys that that to, to kind of really cover some bullet points that are super important here, because there are many different ways that your children are potentially exposed to confusing ideology, confusing philosophies, confusing ideas, confusing agendas, if you will. You could call them many different things, confusing issues of the day, um, current events. Mm-hmm. Um, people use different terminology to describe all these different things. But really what it comes down to is that we know that we have, we have three enemies, right? We have our flesh, right? The temptation to sin. We have the world, the secular fallen world and the temptation of the world. And then we have the enemy, the devil. We have Satan, okay? And the Bible gives us some different verses throughout scripture that will describe who he is in character. We're not going to dive in deep into that, but but I do think that there is an important thing that needs to be said here. I was just talking to a mom about this in an app and messaging the other day. Um, she was like, I don't really think I know very much about my enemy. And I went, you know what? I think a lot of Christians don't. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times Christians, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. I've heard this many times. Well, I don't want to give the devil any power, so I don't want to talk about him. And I'm sorry, talking about him actually doesn't give him power. That's a lie from the enemy because he doesn't want to be talked about. He doesn't want to be exposed for the liar that he is, for the schemer that he is, for the agenda that he has to that's set to steal, kill, and destroy, Mm -hmm. right? Like he doesn't want to be exposed. He likes lurking in darkness. We know this from 1 John where God says that we as children of the light need to walk in the light as God is in the light Mm -hmm. and expose darkness, right? Because then it has no power of us. There is no bondage. It's when we hide that sins have power in our life. And so as believers, when we think about all of scripture and we think about who Lucifer was in Genesis, we think about the different things that God has said in his word that give us insight into his character. We as Christians need to be wise. We need to understand that he has certain character traits, and a schemer is one of those things, right? We know this from Ephesians 6, where, where God is saying to be able to withstand the devil's schemes, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Mm-hmm. So we know that he's like an archer with arrows, 
right? Otherwise, why would that even be in scripture? And so when we're reading these different verses and and we're talking about things, it's important to go, wow, God is so good that he is warning us about our enemies so that we can be strategic and prepare our children so that they can be strategic and be able to discern, to be able to obey where God says, be aware, be alert. Mm-hmm. Be aware, be alert of false teachers that are going to confuse your kids or deceive them. Be aware and alert of the enemy, right? So here's John uh, chapter 8, verse 44. Um, actually, before we dive into verse 44, the part that's just before, I really want to encourage you to read it. It's too much for me to read here in the podcast. But this whole section, Jesus is basically like saying there's a difference between being a child of God and being a child of the devil. Mm-hmm. And he's literally telling them, like, if you were truly like the sons of Abraham, this is not what Abraham did. Okay, so listen to this in verse 44. It says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. This is telling us about the devil. Mm -hmm. There is no truth in him. Okay, he's out to murder. We, we can see these different character qualities of the devil, which are terrible character qualities. Um, it says, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. See, God is saying Satan has character. He's speaking out of his own character when he's speaking of lies. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? And then he continues on. This is a really important passage of scripture. I I really hope that parents actually study this with their children, Isaac, Mm -hmm. because it's important. If God, if Jesus himself is saying this in one of the gospels, and he is telling us to be, he's doing this for our good, you Mm -hmm. guys. He's warning us that Satan is a liar He's a father of lies. There is no lying in God. There cannot be. There is no sin in God. And so if you were to lay those two people before your children, they would clearly go, well, I want to be on God's team. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been 
in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. And so this all makes sense to everybody listening. And I'm sure they're like, amen, amen, Angie. And that was so good. And But then when it comes to family and when it comes to people close to your family, yeah. that's where it gets difficult, doesn't it? Sometimes mm-hmm. um, it's this it's this tension of how do we make sure people aren't confusing our kids? I get that out there with people that aren't close to the family, but then how do we handle this with people who are in our family Mm -hmm. who have chosen an ungodly lifestyle that kids witness, or they are proclaiming things that are wrong. Or as your kids get older and they're teenagers, they see, uh, other family members and people on social media pontificating and supporting things that are they're woke that are terrible yeah. right so how do you handle that and i think that's the deeper question that people really want so we're going to talk about that in first john 3:18 it says little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth okay as I looked at that scripture, I'm like, that is the shortest sentence that has so much weight to it. It's unbelievable. It is. Mm-hmm. Let me just read it again. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. This isn't written just to little children. If you read First John, he's talking about mm-hmm. everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we are to not just have lip service and we're not just to have action, good deeds, Deeds are actions, wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. To do something good for someone else, but also in truth. And when the Bible is talking about truth, what is it referencing? Biblical truth, mm-hmm. sound doctrine, what is real that is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so. And we, isn't that true about like what our kids see in us also? Yeah. Like you could spend all day talking to your kids or at your kids, but if they see you literally doing something that you have also taught them yeah. or if you haven't taught them, but they see it all the time. Like let's just, I'm going to use an example, forgiveness. Maybe you haven't sat down and taught your kids about forgiveness, but have they seen you forgive your husband? Have they seen your husband forgive you? Have they seen you guys come together and forgive one another? Have they heard you talk about to one of their siblings, the importance of forgiving them? Have they experienced you worshiping God because he's forgiven you and seen you being reflective during communion for the forgiveness of your sins? Like there's so many aspects where what we're doing is more important than what we say. And this really comes to the question about what do you do with family and people close to the family is we need to love others well. And that scripture is talking about how also we should love others well, not just in deed, but also in truth. Do we admit truth because we're scared to hurt the relationship? Mm -hmm. Does that fear of hurting the relationship then continue confusion in our kids? Does that confusion in our kids continue because we never would want to say anything corrective Mm -hmm. or 
disrespectful uh, about somebody that's an extended family member, but we we have that desire, and that sense tends to trump the God authorized directive to make sure our kids are not confused, to make sure that we're discipling them and equipping them and we're allowing someone influential then to be pontificating and doing things in their life in a way that doesn't get corrected, even if it's silently between you just and and your child. And now by omission, you are uh, authorizing what they're seeing. I hope you heard that. By omission, not talking about something with your kids, you are actually authorizing in their mindset something they're seeing out there, but somebody they love doing, okay? So I think that's pretty convicting, but it's truthful. See, Mm -hmm. our love for others should never perpetuate confusion. Mm. God would never have it be that way, especially for children. Yeah, I I even think about like how many people actually – they think that they're loving the other person by and, and respecting them and whatever you want to call it, tolerating the sin, all the things. Um, they think that that is greater and more important, justified in their brain. They must have justified that in their brain than correcting it with their child. Um, but what they don't understand is that by allowing their child to be deceived or be confused by what the other person's doing and not talking about it, it's the most unloving thing that they could do as a parent for their child. Yeah. So what they're actually choosing to do is in their mind, they're loving this person, but actually they're not loving their own child in that way. Yeah, And that's an important distinction that we as Christians need to understand that we're actually putting priority over this adult over here who's maybe an extended family member or a neighbor or a friend. And we're putting uh, this idea of what love is, which isn't actually love at all because that person is literally living in bondage of sin and they're lost. And if we loved them, we would try Mm -hmm. to help them to find breakage from that bondage, which there's freedom in Christ, right? And so, um, and and there are gentle ways of being able to communicate that with an adult. But the reality is, is if they have chosen this thing and they know the gospel and you shared the truth with them and they've chosen to not walk in the truth, but they've chosen to walk in the flesh, by just allowing that friendship or that relationship to go there's no boundaries and to let it just continue on the way that it was before at the expense of your child is unloving to your child. Hey, you know, if you read about elders and pastors in the Bible and the qualifications for elders and pastors, um, you know, it's talking about that one of the things they're to do is to protect sound doctrine in the church. They're to adhere to biblical truth and protect that. And they're not to allow divisions to come in about myths and things like that. But how much more, actually, does God want us to do that for our own kids? Mm -hmm. Remember, husbands, you're the pastors of your own family and wives. You're incredibly important spiritual leaders in your fam- of your children as well. And so it's so, and you're that team, that marriage team, that spiritual leadership team in your family working together. And how, how important is it that you never allow your flock, to take the church analogy real quick, to be confused, to get wayward on 
unsound doctrine to Mm -hmm. attach some worldly thing and to allow adultery to exist in your family because they they're witnessing it existing in extended family members i even just think about sin you know we know that there's sin of omission sin of commission there's like we all sin at times and sometimes we're unaware of sin but there are certain sins that have people literally choose to walk in a lifestyle of sin and those are the sins that are outwardly being pushed on children for children to join in on those things there there is an effort a concerted effort like we talked about by the enemy to try to deceive children into not just tolerating, but also participating or wanting to participate in the future in sexually immoral sins that are going to be choices that are lifestyle choices that are like continual Mm -hmm. sins. I want to read to you guys from Galatians chapter 5, verse um, 19 through 21. And the part before, before, again, is talking about the difference between walking by the spirit, walking Mm -hmm. by the flesh. This is super important, okay? And so we need to have realistic expectations of people who are not saved, who are lost. They will not have the ability to walk by the spirit because they don't have the spirit in them. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have compassion and grace on them, but that is also what should motivate us to share the truth with them so that they can experience the power of the Holy Spirit helping them to walk by the spirit and not by their flesh, right? That's the distinction. But in verse 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So there's a whole bunch more things like these. Okay. And then it continues. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there needs to be a point of clarity made with your children in the most loving way you can for the other person, of course. Mm. And while you still want your children, in most cases, to to still respect these other people and so forth, in some cases you may not if Mm -hmm. it's such a terrible situation and a challenging situation. Mm -hmm. But you have to discern these things. And so we want to talk about these things in, in the best possible way. And so remember, parents... That's a different category. It is a unique category when you think of parents. Parents do not have as much leniency to allow things to f- fly in terms of communication from others towards the people the, the that children. are in their jurisdiction. They have God-authorized people in their jurisdiction to disciple and raise up. God is. It's actually their authority. They are supposed to be doing this because regardless of if you're mm-hmm. exercising your authority or not, Guess what God created at the beginning of the world? When he created man and woman and the family unit, he created image bearing. And as parents, we are image bearers to our children. And we need to understand that that brands God to our children. And that comes, our children come before any other uh, sphere of influence mm-hmm. outside of the family. That is the priority, and we all agree with that. But then, what do our actions actually show? Do we allow certain relationships to allow confusion mm-hmm. to be perpetuated in our kids, and then we don't even correct it? Now, we're not isolationists. We don't believe in uh, completely 
isolating our families from the world and from people in the world and these kinds of things. Absolutely not. But there is a discernment, very young children, they're very careful and protecting them. And as they get older and they get stronger, Mm -hmm. you want them to experience conversations and things to where they come back and you have good discussions about it and you correct any confusion, you correct any unbelief or wrong communication that has come at them from the the arrows of the enemy or the arrows Mm -hmm. from just people not thinking rightly. And I do think that it's important. I think that one of the most positive things that a parent can do, because we're talking about what they can do, what they should do. um, uh, We've been talking a lot about what you do to protect your kids, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, there's probably going to be some relationships where you need to put boundaries around them. That's a hard thing to do. Here's an easier thing that's more fun to do. You get to actually help cultivate. You're going to do this with prayer, with insight, with discernment, with judging, in alignment with your spouse. But you guys get to cultivate good community, like-minded community, where your kids are able to grow up with people who are like-minded, who love the word of God, who view things the same way that they do. And so it's not that they're isolated because they are around other people, but you're choosing who they're around so that as their worldview is being formed, it's not being formed in a confused fashion. It's not Mm -hmm. being formed on lies. It's being formed on truth. And while you're doing that, you teach them about what's being taught over here in the world from a biblical worldview, Mm -hmm. here and there, age-appropriate conversations, but it's not like they have to literally go experience the thing in order to learn it. That is a lie. That's what you actually see in the whole... um, <laughs> there's pride parades and there's all kinds of crazy things happening with drag queens out there. They're literally exposing children to something sinful to teach them and to normalize it and, that's and to raise not okay. up a generation of people who normalize all of these things. You don't need to teach kids by having them go experience something is what I'm saying. Like that's a lie. Actually, so our next point is, and we kind of talked about this, but we're going to talk a little at length. And how is always clear up confusion? So yeah. when do you clear up confusion? Always clear up confusion. Well, what if it's with so and so? Always clear up confusion. Remember, a mission is giving permission, stamp basically. of permission to that. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something happening close to the family or with family member and so forth. Within reason, you need to clarify. And, and and the way to do that is, well, what? let me ask you, what would be the loving way to do that with your children? As much as you can, remaining the reputation of, the respect for, the love for the other person while differentiating. What they're doing what they're, is sin. What they're doing is yeah. sin. And, and if they're know- non-believers then you can teach them about that. They don't have the Holy Spirit. This is what happens to people that don't have a mind of Christ and so forth. And Mm -hmm. this is, you know, they're following the ways of the world. And these are really normal things, unfortunately, in the world. I don't think it's bad to say that. We need to prepare them for the world they're launching into. And so 
Um, and we need to be praying for them. Like if we really truly are people who love God above other people, like I know that's a yeah. hard thing to say, um, but who's number one in your heart? Everyone talks about priorities and how God's their number one, but mm-hmm. this is really where the rubber meets the road or where like the truth is revealed mm-hmm. if God is number one in your heart, if you truly care more about what he thinks than you do what other people think. This is also the test of if you have truly surrendered all to him, including your opinions and your convictions. This this is the test above all tests, right? Yeah. And when it comes to our faith with our children and bringing them up, if there is hypocrisy anywhere, if we're willing to just mm. be lenient over here a little bit on this doctrine because our kids chosen a lifestyle of sin, da, 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 da. What does that teach our other children? Mm-hmm. And we see this so much with older parents, don't we? Like as we've grown older and kids we've have gotten seen older. We've so many parents follow the watered down doctrine of their kids. As their they wayward children. Their wayward children. Yep. And I would say another way to put that is that we have definitely witnessed people actually sacrificing their own personal deep convictions, which are based on scripture, that they always believed, they're sacrificing them for their children. And what that tells me, and they think that that's being loving. They think that they're, 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 they literally have chosen to love their children's sin more than loving God is what that has done. And so we need to be aware of this and recognize that there is like, and it's subtle, you guys. Sometimes it starts out, it's a slippery slope. It'll start out so subtle. Just, a, oh, I'll, I'll lean up a little bit there because if I if I really point out my sin in the teenager, then they might rebel. So I'm not going to say anything. Have you heard this from other people? This is literally the most disastrous thing that you could ever do as a parent. If you are claiming Christ and you've been raising your children in spirit and in truth, mm-hmm. and then you go back on that out of fear, which are based upon lies from the devil, by the way. I just want to bring that up. Then that child literally it gives way to their flesh. Hey, in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood mm-hmm. throughout the world. So it's not an abnormal thing. This is a thing happening all the time uh, to people. The enemy yeah. is trying to destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, there's we've got to make sure that we're not letting the enemy have any footholds in our family mm-hmm. through extended family. We're not letting the enemy have any uh, footholds through, through other relationships, other influences. We're going to correct that mm-hmm. in a biblical way. We're going to love others well mm-hmm. while talking about what the Bible says. Well, let's say there's some really bad idolatry happening and your child is being influenced, your your middle schooler is being influenced to have this idolatry over something. And then go to scripture and read what idolatry is and talk about Mm -hmm. how God doesn't like it and why it's so bad. Because idolatry is one of those ones where it doesn't appear to be that bad. Oh, that person's just ambitious. It's actually one of the Ambition's okay within reason. True. And, you know, but but when something becomes distracting away from a relationship with God, becomes more important than time with God in the Bible and these kinds of things, and it deters and it changes and it creates an unhealthy competition between them and others. And all of these things, like sports can be idolatrous sometimes, all Mm -hmm. kinds of things, right? And so uh, what are we teaching about our kids so that they have a 
correct view on that. And there's, of course, all kinds of mm-hmm. other worse things in, in your mind probably you can think of. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when you're evaluating, so some of you may be listening to this going, oh, man, this is a heavy hitting podcast, Isaac and Angie. And where do I where do I even begin is probably where some people are thinking. Mm-hmm. I would say the first question you need to ask when it comes to confusion and evaluating the friendships, the the relationships, the curriculums or teachers or influences or environment or culture that your kids are in. I'm talking activities, school, all the things, youth group. Literally, you need to evaluate all the things that you've decided as a family to commit your children to. Because every time you put them somewhere, you're putting your stamp of approval on that person that is influencing them and what is being taught. Even if you disagree with it. Because what are you doing when you're sending them into school? You're literally like, do you got everything? You got your pencils? You got your journal? Pay attention. Take good notes. Da, 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 da. Like that is literally like you're telling your child to learn from that person. Do you even know that person? Like you need to know them. And so, so you can ask yourself this one question. Is this person confused themselves? Mm. That is the first question that you need to ask. Is this person confused? Then Mm. I would say the next question is, is this person deceived? Because confusion leads to deception. Okay? Confusion can be deception, but it also leads to further deception. Sometimes, this is interesting. I was looking up the definition of deception. Deception can happen by way of lying but there are other forms of deception as well, okay? Confusion, though, is the inability to think clearly or being bewildered, mm-hmm. right? So a person can think unclearly about something and be open to having a good conversation and go, oh, now I see. Oh, thank you so much for clearing up that confusion. But a deception is different. It's when someone has been deceived okay? And they are literally believing lies. That is their conviction. And if they are in a teaching or influential position, then what do they do? They turn around and they teach from their worldview, which is all muddled up by the deceptions that they believe Mm -hmm. in life about all the things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to rattle them all off. Now, how how do you get to this place where as a parent, you go, Okay, but how do you not get confused? How do you protect your Mm. kids from being confused? How do you protect your kids from being deceived? You have to teach them they need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need his Holy Spirit. Your kids need Jesus. They need his Holy Spirit. But you guys, you cannot underestimate the power of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible is where our minds are renewed. Amen. In Romans 12, 2. It says here, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. And you get to help your kids have a renewing of their mind about any areas they're confused about by other people. And how do you know if they got confused? You need to have an open, good dialogue relationship mm-hmm. with your kids where you talk about anything and everything. They need You need to give uh, make them feel comfortable talking talking to you about Mm -hmm. anything, even if it's things you don't want to hear. They need to feel that comfort from you by your reactions Mm -hmm. when they've talked to you about things before. Do you overreact or are you calm and a good listener and asking questions and not jumping to conclusions? That is vital if you actually want to know where a kid is being confused. 
you know, it's interesting too, because this concept of renewing your mind, I think that, you know, Isaac and I, when we were planning this podcast, we even talked about um, the scripture verse that says your heart is deceitful above all things um, or deceived above all things, depending on your translation. And we were talking about the importance of this concept of understanding that in our humanity, our flesh can become deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, in our humanity, we have blind spots and we don't see sin in different areas of our life. That's why we're constantly saying, hey, parents, take the rose tinted glasses off. Look at your child in reality. Look at yourself in reality. Look at the world in reality. Rose tinted glasses off. That's the first starting point. Second starting point is being honest and being humble. Understanding that you need to repent, understanding that your child is struggling with a sin so that you can actually help them. You have to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly hiding it, no progress will ever Mm -hmm. occur. Um, But in this scripture that I just read to you about being transformed by the Mm -hmm. renewal of your mind, it's for this reason, listen, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what Mm -hmm. is good and acceptable. And perfect. Yep. It's all three things. What's good, what's acceptable by God, but also what's perfect. And they're like, this is this is how you teach your children. Like so many of you are going, but how do I teach my kids to know when they're being taught something confusing? This by being renewed by their mind. And then right? and then they're Not able by, when they're renewed by their mind, they're able to discern mm-hmm. such a good word. Mm-hmm. Angie's very discerning. Discern what's happening with somebody they're interacting with, somebody that's trying to influence them, someone that says something wayward that they thought they could trust. And or if those someone tempts them into sin and says, hey, let's go do this. This will be so cool. What if we were to post this on TikTok? We would get so many likes. I bet there's conversations like this happening with some of the teenagers. Yeah, don't let anybody I on TikTok, by the way. For sure. Well, yeah, we've never been on TikTok and we never would be because we don't want China to own our faces. I'm just going to say it. But the reality is, is that we need to teach our kids to discern when someone is like so focused on what the world thinks and what is going to be popular and all these kinds of things. And that should be in your kid's mind. It should be, oh, red flag, right? Teach your kids what are yellow flags, what are red flags. And they should have red flags and yellow flags popping up, especially if they're older, understanding this isn't biblical. Yellow flag, this isn't biblical. Red flag, like, you know what I mean? Like our kids need to be able to discern that. And Romans 8, 6 says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the Mm -hmm. mind on the spirit is life and peace. So parents, you have to read the Bible with your kids so that your kids have their minds set on the spirit and there will be life and peace in your home. That's what this is saying. Yeah. There'll be life and there'll be a peace about your parenting because your kids are walking in the spirit. So important. Now, discernment. How do you discern? How do you know? What do you look for? Well, you look for the fruit in their lives. God says over and over again in the Bible, well, how will you know? You look for the fruit. Yeah. Is the fruit good? Is it average? Is it great? Is it bad? You know, you got to discern these things. Mm -hmm. Well, there's lots of good fruit over here, but there's just one little bad thing. Well, what happens when you put one bad piece of fruit in a basket full of good fruit? Yeah. See, having these agricultural conversations is powerful. Gardening (laughs) with your kids could be incredibly important. You have a plant. It's a fruitful conversation. (laughs) Bad fruit on it. And you have a plant over here with good fruit on it. Well, let's talk about why does this one have bad and this one? Oh, there's some over... There's, there's some problem with the dirt, the soil over here. There's a, you know, some 
some pests yes. that are getting to this one, but not this other one. Or maybe the plant is diseased. There's diseased yeah. and things, and you go, well, and wait it's a minute. beyond help, and then you need to pull it out. Otherwise, you go, it's going to destroy the whole crop. You go, little Charlie, this is like human beings. Yeah. We're like plants, and we got to look for people that have good fruit. And sometimes you can't tell the fruit yet because it takes time to be around somebody. But once you start seeing that fruit, then you can start making judgments, mm. not being judgmental, but judgments for yourself yeah. on discerning, is this someone I want to take wisdom from or not? Mm -hmm. Is this someone I want to spend more time with the same amount or less? They have to start to discern that. And if you're working that discernment muscle as they get older and they understand this and they understand the Bible, that's important. And Angie mm. was just talking about renewing your mind. So look at the fruit. But you can't renew your mind without the Bible. I mean, you, mm -mm. There, there is an aspect of we do have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us, and it does help us renew our minds. So I'm not going to discount the power of God, right? But in addition, he also gave us the Word of God, uh, which is so It's the sword of the Spirit. It's so part of important. our armor. You know, I even think about like the helmet of salvation protecting us. Like our, if we're setting our minds on the Spirit, then we're going to be thinking about things that God wants us to be thinking about. I even think about the passage in Philippians that talks about thinking on things that are noble and, and peaceable and lovely. and lovely and that are righteous. And, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, that is a great practice. That's a good thing that you can teach your kids to do. And we need to be doing that as parents. But we also don't just ignore the realities that are not peaceful in the world. We don't ignore them. Instead, we go, that's not truth. I'm going to have my focus on the Lord, but I'm going to equip my children so that they don't get confused and then deceived and start believing this lie that's over here in society. When you're so focused on like, I, I, I need to protect myself. I can't handle this. This is so overwhelming. And I know many moms feel this way. That's mm -hmm. why I'm bringing it up. So many moms are like, I'm just, I'm going to just focus right here on my kids because the world is just way too overwhelming and I'm scared for my children. Okay. Can I just say something? If you have fear like that or overwhelm, ignoring the fact that you have fear and overwhelm is not going to make it go away. Mm -hmm. You actually need to repent. And you need to grow in strength and in constitution and understanding that God has put you here for a purpose, that he will equip you as a saint because you are his royal priesthood. And he has called you to read his word, to yeah. grow in strength, to be able to see the truth and not be shocked by it and go, mm -hmm. these are the days that we live in. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to point people to Jesus, especially my children. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. in, in this like timidity and fear. What does that do? It literally disables and cripples people from doing the work they're supposed to do. If we want our kids to stand firm in their generation, for, for goodness sake, we have to start doing it now. And by the way, you start to feel so good when you take new action, when you take good action, when you start equipping your kids. When we don't feel good is when we just coddle them and do everything to protect them because yeah. there's no equipping happening. No. Actual equipping. It's like you can give people food, but isn't it better to teach them how to grow, grow their own food? That's what you're doing. That's what this whole ministry is about is empowering you to look to the scriptures mm -hmm. and from experience that we have and we share to, to equip 
your children while they're young so they go in the right direction when you launch them. Lord willing. Lord willing, right? Only yeah. God can save, but you have so much influence and it's so you're so important mm-hmm. equipping. So we were just talking about teaching how to discern. Look for the fruit. Mm-hmm. Be in the word. Teach them scripture. Talk about it. Dialogue with them. Scenarios. Mm-hmm. Don't just give the answer. Well, what do you think about mm-hmm. what they said? Let them wrestle with the themselves you'll find out where they're at and you know what usually you'll grow in confidence about your kids intelligence when you don't just give them the answer you let them wrestle it and talk about it and then you go wow that part right there is really sound but what this part right here i have a little wisdom Mm -hmm. for you you mind if i share with it yeah okay here it is and they're like "Woo! i just grabbed onto that mom because you just valued the part that i came up with and you made me feel smart, and then you gave me a little nugget, and I grabbed onto it like it was my own. I'm so excited to keep that forever. See, the the way at which you equip is important. It needs to be a coach, relationship-honoring approach. It's really mm-hmm. important. Okay? Mm-hmm. So think about that way you're communicating, too, mm-hmm. to teach them how to discern and equip them. And the final thing is to communicate with others. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to communicate with other people who have influence in your family. And we want to do everything in a way that hopefully grows a stronger relationship. You know, sometimes when there's uh, uh, some truth shared in a relationship and you go through something together and there's forgiveness and there's talking things out and so forth, that you actually see more eye to eye than before. Mm -hmm. You actually grew in relationship with them. So potentially our fear of hurting relationships is hurting relationships. Potentially our fear uh, is is holding us back. Decisions made in fear are usually the worst decisions possible. And right here in in Proverbs 27, 6, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm -hmm. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Kisses of an enemy is flattery. It is... telling people what mm. they want to hear. It's making them, making your words amicable for short-term relationship. Mm-hmm. It's to make them good for getting what you want. And maybe what you want is just no conflict. I just want peace. I just want no conflict. But what they're really doing, they're not actually pursuing peace because peace is impossible to have without truth. What they're actually just trying to create is tranquility. We talk way more about this in one of the podcast interviews that Isaac did with Pastor Steve Crane. You can go look that up. Um, Very important podcast. Blessed be the peacemakers. Yeah, that's the name of the podcast. You guys have to go listen to that in conjunction with this. I definitely think that that would be an additional encouragement to you if you haven't listened to that. Um, But all in all, what this is saying is that if you love your friends and you're a faithful friend, then you're going to actually point out that sin when you see it because you love them. And you don't want them in bondage. And you know that sin, the wages of sin is death. That you know, you understand, again, like teaching agriculture. This is something I've taught the kids for many years. When you have weeds and weeds are smaller, they're much easier to pull than when they grow into being these huge thistles that literally will break a blade on a tractor. Okay? It's the same thing with sin. When you let sin go, when it's a little sin... Mm-hmm. And you don't correct it and over and over and over again because you're just so fearful or you're just so tired or you don't want to hurt the relationship. Guess what happens? That sin gets more and more control in that person's life and it gets bigger, just like that weed did. And then it gets harder for them to let go. And then they love it so much that they're willing to keep the sin and let go of the friendship. Yeah. And you don't want that. I know you don't want that. 
A faithful friend wants their friends to be walking in the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. And a faithful friend would understand that that little wound from hearing some truth is in love Mm -hmm. and would grow your friendship stronger. And you may discover who your real friends are Mm -hmm. as you do this because some may disappear. And um, But we always have to do things Mm -hmm. in love. We have to pray beforehand. We have to find common ground. We have to talk about not just the challenges, but what you appreciate of people too. And mention and ask permission to share something with them. People are much more receptive when you go, hey, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. And uh, do you mind, is this a good time? Do you mind if I, you know, share it with you? And just the, what happens from a psychological standpoint mm-hmm. is they actually, even though trepidly in their mind, they're like, oh, what's coming? They say, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. When someone vocalizes it, their receptiveness just went way up. You also just gave them a little warning before you shared something so they can prepare their heart. They can be thoughtful for a second before they even found out what the thing is. Mm-hmm. So that is a really important coaching tip or relationship tip, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But you need to do that. And then you share it and you wrap it in love. And you hope for the best. And, and you, you know continue what? to pray for them too. And I, yeah. I think that, you know, hiding the truth of these kinds of um, situations from your kids is probably one of the most detrimental things that you can do for your children, especially if they're older children, because this is actually something that they need to learn how to do. And if we're going to teach our kids, you need to choose friends wisely and you need to confront your your friends when they're in sin too. If we're teaching these biblical truths to our kids, If we're just reading Proverbs to our kids and saying, do Proverbs, but they don't see us doing Proverbs Hmm. and they don't know the stories of what we've dealt with and the outcomes, both the good, victorious, God-pleasing, God-magnifying stories, as well as the ones where people have walked away and it hurt, Mm -hmm. but we live with no regret because we found out who they really were. Like our kids need to understand that. They need to see us living it out as well. And so just like Isaac and I have done podcasts on living out life trials and being transparent with your children and how that can grow your family culture and grow their faith in God and grow their their belief in prayer and all of these awesome experiencing God elements. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is that if we ourselves as parents are not willing to share with our children, and I'm talking about like age appropriateness, obviously, um, and you want to protect your kids from being able so that they can have respect for certain family members and different things like this. I'm talking about like on a level of friendship, why are we not spending time with those people anymore? That is an opportunity where if you prayerfully think about it, pray about it, and God gives you permission to share that with them, you should. Mm -hmm. So what I'm posing before you is that after you have done biblically what God has called you to do to try to step in the gap and protect your child from becoming confused, after you have confronted the person that is walking in deception, 
If you are at a crossroads and that person goes one way, leaves, or there's victory, pray about if you can share this with your children because that, those kinds of testimonies are what your kids need to see to help them be equipped to know that we're the kind of people that love God enough Mm -hmm. to actually do what the Bible tells us to do. And we're not just going to be mouth pleasers. We're not just going to say these things, but we're actually going to do them. Deed and truth. And sometimes... The question might come up, do we always need to communicate with other people? No, actually. You need to discern. Is this something I need to talk about? Or can I just correct this one thing with my children and equip them? Mm -hmm. And that's something for them to handle. We don't need to handle everything for our kids. In fact, as they get older, them handling it themselves is far better in almost all situations. Mm -hmm. And so we don't need to always be in the middle of every relationship or anything like that. We don't need to always be communicating with Mm -hmm. others. The best thing in the world is that you're equipping your kids so they actually in real time share their disagreement Mm -hmm. with others that they even love and respect in a loving way. And that's what you're working up to. You're working a muscle of them seeing you, talking to them about it, you doing it in your life, and then they're getting older and they grow into, have worked that muscle, witnessed it, having the courage and the biblical understanding and the discernment of to go, you know what? I don't think that's something I want to participate in Mm -hmm. because the Bible says this. And what do you think about that? Yeah. Sometimes just equipping your children with the ability to remember where scripture is and to ask a question, that's like the best way for them to be able to confront friendships or situations. Um, Because usually it it kind of um, flabbergasts the person, if you will, or it kind of like stuns them. It puts them in a posture of like, how can I argue with that? They just quoted scripture. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? And so like that is really, truly the best form of equipping. But when it comes to our hearts and our minds, I just want to wrap up reminding you what the first and greatest commandment is that Jesus said. He mm-hmm. said, to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yes. And when we do that, when we love him with our whole mind, heart, and strength, we're going to pursue the Bible and our minds will be renewed. We're going to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And we, like Philippians says, we can plead with Jesus to be the one who actually guards our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus, right? When he's guarding our heart and our mind in him, then we're less likely to become deceived, mm-hmm. right? And so we need to look at the word and go, wow, God, thank you for this wisdom. Thank you for your warnings. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for giving us such great equipping tools to help us in this process. We're thankful for them. We're thankful for them in our personal life. We're also thankful for all the things that God's taught us in our parenting. Mm-hmm. And we're just sharing them with you guys. We would love to hear from ha- from you how this podcast has impacted your life today. So please leave us a comment on iTunes or shout out on social media. Tag us. We'd love to hear about it. Um, and we just so appreciate you guys. But more than anything, we want to hear the testimonies of how God is transforming your families, how your kids are standing up for truth and righteousness, Mm -hmm. and how you're feeling more equipped to be standing and running the race with us as courageous parents who want to glorify God. Amen. Thanks for joining us. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.